Like, I would be extremely terrified to have a child because it's this, like, small human being that you're just like, I'd be completely paranoid that it would just be killed by everything. Yeah. I mean, you, you can hardly take care of yourself. I mean, like, I, can, I can't. I let can't. Let a little creature that, that needs food and love. I can't. I can barely clean my apartment. Do you think I should have a child? Hell no. Well, if you have a child, then eventually they can clean your apartment. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 406 with a review of Midnight Special. I'm Christopher Schnazy. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm Carson Pasha. You know I am. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, we are battling some battery issues, and we are talking about Midnight Special. Uh, we don't need to ask how we're doing, because we know that we're doing frantically. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. we, we li- how, how much battery do you have now, Stephen? Uh, I think it's 6%. I think I was wrong about 10%. <laughs> oh, I was going to be like an episode of Gilmore Girls. I, I just turned off my screen, so I don't know anymore. All right. Well, we are going to play the trailer for Midnight Special and then come back and give you a review. <laughs> what do you know about Alton Meyer? You would have fits. Things would break. Cars would shut down, that kind of thing. Others have described seeing things. Did he show you things? Yes. What kinds of things? I wouldn't know where to start. We need to know where he is. You'll have no clue what you're dealing with, do you? It's okay. It's okay. Right, so that was the trailer for Midnight Special. Basically, what you need to know is that there is a kid with some glowy stuff, and his dad is trying to get him to some place in a place. <laughs> All right, so we're <laughs> you, gonna... you guys really don't need to rush. I know I'm going to drop out before okay. the episode. <laughs> we're we're going to let you, Stephen, go first and tell us what you thought of Midnight Special. Yeah, so I'm I'm like a pretty reasonably big Jeff Nichols fan considering I've only seen two movies by him so far <laughs> like it's kind of weird to <laughs> count myself a fan already of the director yeah. but I thought Mud was really good and I caught up with Take Shelter just last week and I 
I, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it had very like cool, serious man vibes, like a good kind of slow burning anxiety piece. And I just love like the way he builds tension and the, the light touches of sci-fi he can use to really like arresting emotional effect. So this movie, I'm kind of torn because for one thing, he he reveals his sci-fi card way, way, way early. Like in the trailer of this movie, it's clear that this is a fantastical film and you could maybe read a human drama from it, but you cannot only read a human drama from it. Like this is an 80s style sci-fi Close Encounters of the Third Kind type movie. Yeah. And for that, I I love the fact that he makes a movie that is very kind of brooding and vague and he lets you sit in the darkness and not really know what is going on. But when you put all your sci-fi cards out in the table, it, it leaves me in a weird place where it isn't, it isn't audacious and sci-fi enough to satisfy my, like my need to see something very interesting and cool, but it also isn't like subtle or emotional enough to satisfy my need for a human drama. So what I'm left with is like a a movie, I think I feel the way Chris felt about Queen of Earth, where I respect what he did and the audacity he showed in making this like very, very committed over-the-top storyline where he's not afraid to leave the viewer in the dark and to take them on like a long night drive where exposition is revealed slowly and doesn't really completely add up to a world built but while i respect it it i found it to be a kind of confusing experience like like i don't don't know i like i like the filmmaking i liked watching it but i always felt like i was waiting for a movie to completely come together and instead of the movie coming together it just ended in a kind of blaze of glory so yeah, confused, torn. <laughs> All right, Carson, uh, why don't you uh, tell Stephen why he's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, first of all, I don't know if Stephen listened to Batman vs Superman, but as we dubbed it, it is the Queen of Earth of superhero movies. So, <laughs> um, Stephen should see Batman vs Superman because I think that he will like that. But anyway, uh, wow. Midnight Special, I think is a. Uh, I think this is a a near flawless movie, so I, mean, I have wow. no I have no qualms with it uh, using qualms correctly this time. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, Jeff Nichols has made four movies and he's on a roll, man. Like I'll watch anything he does, um, and uh, I mean he's really just established himself from the get go, like as a as a strong filmmaker and. Uh, especially with take shelter and and mud i like starting with take shelter they've he started to sprinkle in a lot of the these amblin-esque uh elements into his movies um and this one is kind of a culmination i I really do feel like that this is more of a love letter to spielberg and like john carpenter uh that sort of 80s style entertainment uh, than something like Super 8. Um, I just think everything about this is amazing. Like the, the filmmaking, the, the, the lack of exposition, you know, the, 
the, the how there is really no story, which is great for me. I don't, you know, <laughs> um, Jeff Nichols had an interview where he said uh, he said I'm not a fan of plots and I'm not a fan of endings. So <laughs> you, you got my, my heart. Man. Not not to spoil it, but Take Shelter like has the best ending. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, I mean, but but it leaves you with a lot of questions you know i think this movie does too but in a good way like i don't i don't think it leaves you you know going like what was that uh at least not for me um and i i just think that you know he has a very very his style is just very i don't it's very throwback i mean this movie just i almost every frame of this movie almost made me cry because it just felt like i was watching a movie from you know, 1997 or something. And I was a child, you know, seeing movies. And, and that's what that, that's what this movie feels like. I feel like this, and the same thing with mud too. I feel like mud really felt like a, a, a kid's movie. It would have been a kid's movie back in the eighties. And I feel like this movie kind of would have been too, like oriented toward uh, families and stuff. And I, I think that that sort of entertainment is, missing nowadays um so all all around i had no problems with the ending i I thought that i was totally on board by then all the actors are magnificent uh joel edgerton proving once again that he's like low-key best underrated actor working right now so yeah it's it's all it's all really really good the score is really great too and that nighttime photography (laughs) <laughs> like all of his movies it definitely inducing. looks it is tonally very very cool to watch yeah not, not gonna disagree with that yeah i mean like the 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 look of it is very uh that's why it feels very carpenter as especially with all the the uh lens flares and 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 just the the way the how you can just see everything at night usually you know now all the days you you just get like such crummy like night photography it just all looks so terrible but this is just really really well done across the board uh so yeah i'm done that was my that was my (laughs) non-ending that was a tribute there um well so so i i got to see this film in uh with with a Q&A with the director so i i have the rare experience of being able to make assumptions about the director and have him confirm them like in the Q and A part of, of the thing, which which was was definitely interesting, because this this film, while I enjoyed watching it and I had a good time in the theater, it it definitely is not like a schnazy movie. It is not a movie where I feel like the director slash writer knows all the details that he isn't presenting to the audience. And um, listening to him talk about his motivations for the film, like this is first and foremost. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm going to paraphrase. I don't want to say exact quotes for him. So please don't quote me. But basically th- this story derived from like two places. One is he wanted to tell a story about fatherhood and two, he wanted to do a road movie set at night. <laughs> and this film executes both those things really well. And, and I, I, I like what he did with those things, but they're like, you know, somebody in, in, in the Q and a, like, raise their hand and was like oh did you have a backstory for x and he was like no i didn't <laughs> like he there are elements of this <laughs> that's sto- badass right there <laughs> <laughs> no no it, it, and he said by, it very- by the way my laptop is about to crash i'm going to text you guys live during your conversation <laughs> continuing <laughs> oh, this. you can actually still hear us that's right yeah so you're getting a live chat i'm just about to lose my microphone and laptop 
and I don't oh. want to like corrupt the file. All right, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, no, that, that's a good idea. That's a good we'll idea. We'll get a play so, by play. <laughs> later, later, guys. It's been <laughs> yeah. fun. Okay, light bye, is bye shining audio. out of my eyes right now, <laughs> and crazy <laughs> shit is happening. <laughs> um. So, so, so anyway, so, so as we're technically lo- losing, um, <laughs> Stephen, um, we're losing his voice. So, so, so basically the, uh, the, like, and, and I'm fine with that answer, um, because it is a very confident, it's not just a, Hey, I didn't think of this. It's, it's literally, this wasn't something he was concerned about because he had a very specific story that he wanted to tell and listening to him talk about the background for that story and how he's like, it's a story about somebody who's dealing with like being a father and, and whether, you know, the decisions you make are the right ones for your child and stuff like that. Like all that sounds great. And I really, I appreciated this level, like 14 times more, which is an arbitrary number I've come up with. Like, I, I really appreciated what, what he made for this film hearing him talk about it and like I don't fault him for the decisions he's made but like for me it's definitely a film where things are happening because that is the thing that the director slash writer thought would be interesting but not that he has one cohesive narrative like the sci-fi elements are here only so much as they support the father narrative as opposed to being a a fully fledged uh, sci-fi film that just happens to um, have elements that deal with with fatherhood. Like so, there it, it's it's a film that's interesting. I enjoyed the ride, but it didn't deliver on the things that really excite me about any genre film. Um, so, yeah, does that does that make sense? Ah. Uh- I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like, I I thought there's all kinds of exciting stuff in this movie. Um, I mean, I just thought like the 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 mystery of it, the intrigue, would be enough to make at least you want to you know pick it apart and and see like you know what does this all mean you know and stuff like that. Well, no, but, like it, it. So so there there is mystery and there is intrigue, but the problem is there's not answers to look for. So it's like one of those things where, where it is, I'm, I'm constantly being like led by this, like, it's like a stick with no carrot. I don't, I don't even know if I'm, if I'm like sort of making the, the analogy correctly, but basically it's a situation where it's like, these things are there to set a mood and to give you a feeling and to exist in a genre, but they're not there because there is a really, really deep sense of what 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 is is going to happen uh steven is saying that he's surprised you didn't like it um <laughs> because this has the same strengths and flaws as the guest <laughs> no uh, steven that is not not correct awesomely made throwback that lives or dies by the model and genre beats um i i uh i think this is a i mean i definitely think it's a throwback in the in the sense that the guest is um but uh, I think this is even even less uh, has less of a plot than the guest. Like there's there's it's it's way more stripped down. Um, and I think which, that, which is weird because the guest is is like is basically like the entire movie is just an elevator pitch. Like what if this guy yeah. showed up and then shit got real? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, the guest is pretty sparse, but I mean, there is. There is a plot to it, but, uh, I mean, there's a plot to this too, but it's just told in a very, very bare bones type of way. I mean, I I guess it's just, I guess I would compare this more to The Witch because that was also a movie that, that focused on ambiguity 
like the whole time, you know, that, that it was all just that I th- feel like there was stuff there that you can latch onto and put your opinion into as to what it may or may not mean. Um, but there's no real definitive answer. It, Although, you know, I, I think, you know, in my mind, I think that there is, but, it, um, you know, you could, I guess, argue it several different ways. I feel like that that's the same thing with, with here. The, he's kind of letting you insert your own feelings into it. Well, so, so not to sound dirty. So here's here. Let, let, let me make another point that will hopefully illustrate it. Like, so what I think this film introduces that's really, really interesting is, is we have, so we have this boy that is, as Stephen already mentioned, there, there's clearly some sort of sci-fi type thing about this boy. We don't know what that is. And, and, and that's one of the central mysteries of this film. But like, we have several different groups of people who are all looking to this boy with a different context, you know, like, like different groups of people want to do, like they, they, they see the boy, uh, the meaning behind whatever is going on with the boy to be one thing. And they have one goal that they want to achieve uh, through this boy. And there's a lot of interesting things that, that the, that, that Nichols is bringing up just, just with the idea of like how one group of people has like this religious aspect to them. And one has this like purely like scientific aspect. And then one has this like governmenty kind of sort of uh, like what's going on here type, type aspect. And, and all that stuff is really interesting, but like, as we progress through this story, like these the other things are sort of jettisoned. Like, like the we in, we're introduced to a group of people to make the point that like, look, this is an idea, and and here's how this group of people is viewing this. But then once they don't become necessary to the main like father story arc, then they are sort of just sidelined and they're they're just just gone. And um. Nichols commented on that in the Q&A saying something about like how like this is a road movie where it's like we're traveling from here to there and like all the destinations you pass are left behind you like once again paraphrasing don't quote me as exactly him saying that but like there's I don't know it, 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 it it's it's an interesting film that has things like I could have fun fan speculations in this universe but I could never argue any of those things because there's not enough evidence to point to like one reality being true. Well, I can see what you know you're saying about leaving things behind because it's a road movie. I, I I think that that uh I think that's what makes this movie very compelling is that there's a lot of the the momentum is sustained because you know we just keep going through the you know the different aspects of it. You know, it starts in the middle of of uh, the movie essentially you know we don't really get much information um uh you know backstory or anything we're just dropped right in and uh it really just keeps going it never really stops i mean i i like that it has that momentum to it um so i i'm totally fine with that i like when you know movies kind of drop you right in to the action and don't really take the time to hold your hand and explain to you, okay, well, this character is, is this person and he's in this because of this. And, you know, like the, the, the revelation of why Joel Edgerton's character is helping Michael Shannon. And, you know, that comes, I feel like very naturally later on in the movie. It's not just like they had to stop in the opening scene and be like, well, uh, you're a sheriff or whatever, you know, like, (laughs) like some stupid line like that. Uh, I feel like it, it comes out very organically, you know, when uh, when Kirsten Dunst is is having a conversation with him, 
So I, I like movies like that. Um, it can be done poorly, but I think when done correctly, like in this case, uh, works really, really well. Uh, Steven is saying, I'm okay with the vagueness in plot. I think what I had more trouble with was the vagueness in characterizations. Aside from Edgerton, I didn't feel their emotions very strongly. Speaking of not feeling emotions very strongly, Carson <laughs> is doing a great job of reading I inflection will, into this statement. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm like the moderator at the town hall or whatever. Uh, like great acting that isn't saying quite enough. <laughs> it just got more more sarcastic and less <laughs> less emotional. But anyways, um, yeah. So how would you address uh, Stephen's comment? Wait, trouble is vagueness in... Well, I'm fine with the vagueness in the characterizations, too, because um, I feel like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of acting done, you know, just by expressions and stuff, which is something that Jeff Nichols brought up in this interview I watched where, you know, the reason he says the reason he keeps working with Michael Shannon is because he's a very expressive actor and he can actually pull out more lines from the script because Michael Shannon, you know, can express certain emotions uh, on his face and you can, you get these reads, you know, from him that like, Oh, this guy has been through this or whatever. I think that, that, uh, that was totally fine. I mean, I totally bought that his character was this, you know, this father who was struggling to, to regain his son and, and go through this, this whole ordeal. Um, I didn't need any more than that. Like, like that was interesting enough him in the moment, you know, again, I didn't need any other like, Oh, Hey, remember like something like that. I didn't need any of that. Like, again, like I think that it's totally fine. The actors completely sold it and made these characters more than just, you know, guy, father, father type person father father <laughs> figure yes yeah gotcha and uh there's something else i was going to to mention oh the 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 kid the kid in the movie uh who was in saint vincent he's really really great like i mean i didn't really care for saint vincent like i thought it was just an okay movie but uh this kid is is of the old like uh like classic child actors you know like from the 80s where like kid actors were like serious they're not just like dumb wiener kids who are like <laughs> a product of the disney channel you know like 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 J uh jaden lieber lieberher however you pronounce his last name like he's he's got that uh he has that like old presence that like kind of like wise i don't know he just he had he's very good like i, I think that uh it was well cast because if they didn't have, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephen just texted. I was, so waiting, I was waiting for Carson to try to not read the thing that says no need yeah. to read this aloud. Yeah, I can't. I can't multitask here. Um, so yeah, so yeah, the kid was good. That's what I was saying. It could have gone really badly if they had gotten some like really annoying kid. Yeah, the kid was good, and Stephen agrees. Yes, as, as Stephen's per, uh, giving two thumbs up. As per messages app. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, a, a funny thing too related to exposition that I'll just pass on again from the QA um, was that Nichols said that like the uh, whoever it was that was distributing him for him 
um, was like, oh, we really need like more exposition. So he wrote like five more words or like five lines or something. It was, <laughs> it was basically like a really, really, really tiny amount he added to it at the request of of the distributors. And it was sort of like he was just laughing that like they asked they asked specifically for more stuff to be added. And he just added like the bare minimum to count as adding something. That's so badass because, I mean, this is not a movie. I mean... <laughs> You're right, uh, it's not a movie. I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. Kudos to, I mean, big props to Warner Brothers for putting this out. I mean, they obviously realized that this was not going to be a uh, a huge commercial movie. Um, I think it's obviously very... Uh, it's a very movie movie, Um and I think that, but I, I, I respect them for taking it on. I, and, and I know that uh, Jeff Nichols has explained how he was going to go finance this movie independently. But since Warner Brothers allowed uh, Michael Shannon to be let out of Man of Steel for a couple of days to go shoot Mud, like it was all handled very professionally and stuff. He really liked how they handled that smoothly and uh, professionally. So he went to Warner Brothers, pitched them this idea, and basically said, I need $20 million, Michael Shannon, and final cut. And somehow they <laughs> gave that to him. Um, and he made this movie. And that's the other thing, too, is this movie was made for $20 million, which is insane because I think that it has a very large scale. Not only are you know does it feel like they're... I mean, they're, it's a road movie, obviously, and, and they're traveling long distances. But, I mean, it really you get a sense of the the landscape and it's not just like the same locales repeated over and over. And then obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of like CG stuff at the end that feels very big. Uh, and like it could exist in a hundred million dollar movie. Um, so take that 10 Cloverfield lane, your $15 million budget, because this movie completely surpassed that in terms of utilizing all of i mean there's obviously other examples too but i just feel like they got a lot of bang for their buck in this movie yeah uh yeah so i'm just saying 20 million dollars that's that's a that was money well spent like they they really got a lot out of that it's kind of like a district nine i don't know if you agree but uh like it was kind of like district nine you know where it was like when you you know heard that that movie had the budget that it did you're just like holy shit like that's that's crazy and i, I mean a lot of this stuff too isn't like it it, it chooses its moments very uh specifically to yeah um, to do anything crazy with effects and they did you know it's it it doesn't it doesn't feel like a little tiny movie but at the same time it doesn't seem like they are Basically, I'm not trying to discount what you're saying. Basically, I I I, yeah. I I agree with you, but it's also not a film that is like District Nine is a shit ton of effect shots. Oh yeah, no, I'm just saying. Like, I mean that this doesn't feel like a uh like a huge movie, but I mean it does feel bigger than than what it was budgeted as. Like, it definitely doesn't feel like a small indie movie. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely the biggest movie that that he's done so far. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, I, I'm just saying that, like, it would be interesting to see him do a big scale movie, um, because I feel like he would get a lot of a lot of he'd go a lot of he'd get a lot of mileage out of out of his budget. 
Now, I don't know if they would, you know, what studio would let him do like a hundred million dollar plus movie because when when you're getting over, you know, 30, 40 million, that's when people start, you know, looking over your shoulder and are just like, okay, well, what are you doing with our money? You know? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, you know, like how you said where he, he kind of just like added in five more lines of exposition. I feel like, you know, you can get away with that on a movie that's 20 million because that's nothing to them. They're they're more like, you know, likely to to let that pass. Yeah. I, you know. Anyway, I, I thought that uh this is this is I mean, if it's not in the top three of my favorite movies this year, I will be shocked. <laughs> There's still a lot more year to come. There's you, still a lot you, you we haven't st- seen Captain America Civil War yet. <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah, it's gonna be number one right there. Oh, Civil I, I would love, I would love a world in which, like, <laughs> the cap, like, if if you, if you like Captain America: Civil War more than you like the Man of Steel or uh, friggin' Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Oh uh, well, if that happens, it, we probably would know that hell is close to freezing over. Or Stephen says, or God's not dead yeah, too. Yeah, that's I was. That's what I was laughing at. Oh, God's okay. not dead too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't have a whole lot more to talk about this film. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it, yeah, like, like, like I said, it, it, it's, it's a film that I enjoyed, but it's a film that I wanted more from just because it, it's doing an interesting enough thing that it, it, it demands from me more, more in, de- like, I, I want to know that Nichols uh, really knows the extent to which the the religious group the government group like the boy himself the other stuff <laughs> that i won't say like mm. i i want to know that he, that that is fully fle- like fleshed out in his head and like from his own mouth it's not because that's not the story he was telling um that's just the backdrop to the story he was telling and while i respect that 100% and i think that he nailed the execution of what he was trying to execute on it it leaves me wanting a, a deeper sci-fi film that we didn't get. Yeah, um, it's interesting, you know, to because like it feels like it has a lot of depth to me, and there's a lot of of backstory there. But um, that's why it's interesting, you know, that it's just a completely different method of approaching it. You know, on the flip side, like someone like Tarantino, where he's writing like just reams and reams of backstory for each character and, you know, where they were before. And and uh, so, yeah, it's just interesting hearing that because it just it feels like it's there. You know, maybe he he does have an idea of what that backstory is, but he's just like, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to go any further than what was there, so I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think that he has, he has an idea for, like, he, he has an idea, but rather than develop that idea, he concentrated more on the thing that was really important to him, which was like the main overall narrative of the events that are taking place in this, as opposed to like the truth behind what is taking place. Like, this is a film about people experiencing certain events not about the cause or the rationale behind those events and that's definitely a legitimate thing to do it's just 
when I watch a film of this type, it it really brings out this curiosity in me. And like my favorite films um, are films where I feel like that person could talk to me for hours over beers about this world that they dreamt up. And yeah. this film, the person can just talk about the the personal nature of which the story comes from and not the like they aren't breathing life into a universe they are uh speaking from the heart about a subject that is important to them um yeah which is not yeah i said it yeah. already well i mean i i like that you know he made he added a personal you know that he made it about him becoming a father for the first time and that that he made it personal in the hopes that you know other people would find you know, kind of their own personal stuff in it. Yeah. Um, I think that's always, you know, the best movies is like when they're making a movie for themselves, you know, which is why you got to love or is why I love Batman versus Superman so much is because Zack Snyder made that movie for him <laughs> and he don't give a shit what anybody else says about it. <laughs> so he'll be like, you guys justice league's coming at you and it's probably going to be even more crazy than than this yeah um but i will say the other thing which i like is that jeff nichols uses i'm assuming it's his brother some family member his name's ben nichols to do all of the songs and music for his movies uh and he did another theme song for midnight special uh, which is amazing uh, when they actually sing the title, like the old school 80s style theme songs. <laughs> um, and he did one for Take Shelter also, uh, which I think is so like that just that like seals the deal right there um, for me. Like I was already like, this is already a a fantastic near perfect movie. But the fact that like once the credits started rolling and that song came on, I was like, Oh shit. If he actually does the title theme song again, that's really going to put it over the top. So that just, that just like for me was a, was a huge, like extra, extra, like, you know, icing on the cake. Steven's texting again. (laughs) Uh, Oh, he's saying he's really afraid of father. I was trying to read it in my head, so I didn't sound like I was just being a robot. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, he just, maybe he just hates kids. <laughs> no, he's just, he's scared about all the responsibility that comes along with I'm being a father. Like, I, but like, I, I totally, I'm not a father, and I totally get that. Like, I would be extremely terrified. To have a child because it's this like small human being that you're just like I'd be completely paranoid that it would just be killed by everything. Yeah, I mean you, you can hardly take care of yourself. I mean, let, I, can't, let alone, I can't. I let can't. Let alone a little creature that that needs food and love. I can't. I can barely clean my apartment. Do you think I should have a child? Hell no. Well, if you have a child, then eventually they can clean your apartment. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Can no. it just pop out already like 13 and then I can just be like, go clean this apartment right now. That's actually the next movie from Jeff Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. I'd, watch, I'd watch the shit out of that. Anyways, um, should, uh, should we get to our verdicts? Okay. <laughs> All right, Steven, do you want to text us your verdict? <laughs> 
We'll keep it in the order we were doing it originally. Oh, here he is. I feel like he was already typing that before I said it. Probably. He was getting ready. <laughs> he had it in the clipboard. Yeah. All right, you have to read this, Carson. Okay, he says, Verdict, I think if it had pushed the mood just a bit more, it could have had hit a similar chord to another amazing low-budget 80s sequel flick, Drive. Just fell a tiny bit short. Went way more subtle, which I respect more than In Love. I think he means I love, guys. Uh... But I still dug it, though, and I'm very excited to see what Nichols does next. Recommend with a caveat. Yes. There, there you go. Carson? I'm, I'm giving it a must-see. I think I stated that period. pretty clearly. Done. Must-see, period. Mic drop. Yeah. See you later. Oh, for reals? <laughs> okay. No, no, I was just saying mic drop. I'm walking out. Yeah, I got you. Um, well, I... Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> I don't know. I'm being super wishy-washy here. Uh-oh. It. I. I think I am very me, and I, I, I don't want to give it too low a score because I think people could miss out on an opportunity on something that might not. Uh, affect people like not affect but might not uh let people down in the way that i get let down by movies so i guess i'll i'll, I'll leave it as a recommend with a caveat um it, it is definitely an interesting film and it brings up interesting ideas and uh it's it's a it's a good ride um to exist in or beyond or whatever uh i just i feel that it doesn't go deep enough into the sci-fi elements to really hit me but i would say that it is it is worth a watch and um most people would probably enjoy it more than i did <laughs> so <laughs> but don't worry because next week is hardcore henry so it's just gonna be hardcore jizz from chris all over that movie <laughs> That's what we're that's what we're anticipating. I don't know. I, I'm still just throwing it out there. I still don't know. Like, I clearly that's the movie that I should be the only person on the planet <laughs> that really enjoys. But it's I, got it's got crazy good reviews though. Does it Does it have good reviews? Yeah, it's like got a ninety something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it's getting like <laughs> high reviews. Yeah. So is that is that readable, Stephen? Wait, what? <laughs> Steven Steven says that both both film names uh are, are both movies make for great porn names. Oh, so, Midnight Special and Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry, yeah. Yeah. Of course, they don't have to change it for the parody. Yeah, that's perfect. Um <laughs> and mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that that's that's the one that you got to go through those <laughs> double doors in the back of the movie store to get mud. <laughs> Well, that's what Cartman mom, Cartman's mom started mud. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, anyways. But yeah, um, Hardcore Henry has really good reviews. So. All right. Well, now now I'm actually a little bit more excited about it. You're not the only one. This is not like a pandemic situation or that, some that was rando like, movie. I, I saw the trailer for, like when I first saw the trailer for Hardcore Henry, it, it, I wanted to not like, like it was the kind that made me like, I didn't like it because I thought that Carson was like, I bet Chris loves this movie. <laughs> like, I could hear your voice assuming I would like it. So it made me want to not like it. But now, now I can shove off all, all your uh, ill will towards my love of these type of movies and go in with some, some hope. Well, uh, you should. 
don't listen to me, the haters. <laughs> don't listen to me. Go in listening to yourself. Duh. Just gotta shake it off. <laughs> Should we close this episode out? Okay, yeah. All right. Carson can be found driving cross country with a little boy in the back of his door. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, yeah, but sh- dang. Um, Steven. Gotta alert the authorities. <laughs> Steven says. <laughs> we Steven, both pause to read it. Steven says, just say his name on any radio and bam. <laughs> any radio band, and he will hear it. Um, I. We'll be here trying to find a way to magically send battery life to Steven's laptop. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, the podcast itself can be found over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site. Um, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Apparently, next week we'll be bringing you a review of Hardcore Henry. So, yeah, I just hope it really, you know, I, I just, I really hope it just lives up to the to the Smack My Bitch Up video. That's just all I'm saying. I, I just hope that it's not just Henry. You know, like, if it's like, oh, that, <laughs> that, was, that was not hardcore. That's like limp dick Henry. I don't want mediocre here. Henry. I want... <laughs> I want my Henry, you know, hardcore for sure. Uh, it turns out that it's actually just about a guy who uh, d- doesn't doesn't drink alcohol. Or no, that's straight edge. Never mind. <laughs> Dude, they did a bad hardcore att- bad attempt at a joke. They d- actually did. I laugh because on this previous season of It's Always Sunny, they did like a hardcore Henry POV, entirely POV episode from Danny DeVito's perspective. So like that, I thought like, that was already like I was like I wonder if this I wonder if Hardcore Henry this is gonna be my this is gonna be like well <laughs> if I have to make a comparison this is the only thing that I've seen <laughs> that comes close to I don't know I don't know. you can cut this out <laughs> I hope it's not just Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I like how many times you can cut that right as I'm typing it or as I'm reading it. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna cut out. But anyways, you can you can cut it from from the sunny bit on. <laughs> Either way, we will be back next week with another review. Thank you guys for joining me. All right, well we are gonna take off, and uh, we will talk to the rest of you guys later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>